Section thirteen of Germanal by Emile Zola, translation by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part three, Chapter two. It was Monceau feast day, the last Sunday in July. Since Saturday evening, the good housekeepers of the settlement had deluged their parlors with water throwing bucketfuls over the flags and against the walls and the floor was not yet dry in spite of the white sand which had been strewn over it an expensive luxury for the purses of the poor but the day promised to be very warm it was one of those heavy skies threatening storm which in summer stifled this flat bare country of the nord sunday upset the hours for rising even among the mahus while the father after five o'clock grew weary of his bed and dressed himself the children lay in bed until nine on this day maheu went to smoke a pipe in the garden and then came back to eat his bread and butter alone while waiting he thus passed the morning in a random manner he mended the tub which leaked stuck up beneath the clock a portrait of the prince imperial which had been given to the little ones however the others came down one by one father bonnemont had taken a chair outside to sit in the sun while the mother and alzire had at once set about cooking catherine appeared pushing before her lenore and henri whom she had just dressed eleven o'clock struck and the odour of the rabbit which was boiling with potatoes was already filling the house when zacharie and jeanlin came down last still yawning and with their swollen eyes the settlement was now in a flutter excited by the feast day and in expectation of dinner which was being hastened for the departure in bands to Monceau. troops of children were rushing about men in their shirt-sleeves were trailing their old shoes with the lazy gait of days of rest windows and doors opened wide in the fine weather gave glimpses of rows of parlors which were filled with movement and shouts and the chatter of families and from one end to the other of the frontages there was a smell of rabbit a rich kitchen smell which on this day struggled with the inveterate odor of fried onion the Mahus dined at midday they made little noise in the midst of the chatter from door to door in the coming and going of women in a constant uproar of calls and replies of objects borrowed of youngsters hunted away or brought back with a slap besides they had not been on good terms during the last three weeks with their neighbors the lavaques on the subject of the marriage of zacharie and philomene the men passed the time of day but the women pretended not to know each other this quarrel had strengthened the relations with Perron. Only Perron had left Perron in Lydie with her mother, and set out early in the morning to spend the day with a cousin at Marchand's. And they joked, for they knew this cousin. She had a moustache, and was head captain at the Verreaux. Mehud declared that it was not proper to leave one's family on a feast day, Sunday. Beside the rabbit with potatoes, a rabbit which had been fattening in the shed for a month the mehus had meat soup and beef the fortnight's wages had just fallen due the day before they could not recollect such a spread even at the last st barbara's day the fete of the miners when they do nothing for three days 
the rabbit had not been so fat nor so tender so the ten pairs of jaws from little estelle whose teeth were beginning to appear to old bonnemort who was losing his worked so heartily that the bones themselves disappeared the meat was good but they could not digest it well they saw it too seldom everything disappeared there only remained a piece of boiled beef for the evening they could add bread and butter if they were hungry jeanlin went out first bébert was waiting for him behind the school and they prowled about for a long time before they were able to entice away lydie whom Roulet, who had decided not to go out was trying to keep with her when she perceived that the child had fled she shouted and brandished her lean arms while Perron, annoyed at the disturbance strolled quietly away with the air of a husband who can amuse himself with a good conscience knowing that his wife also has her little amusements old bonnemort set out at last and maheu decided to have a little fresh air after asking maheu if she would come and join him down below no she couldn't at all it was nothing but drudgery with the little ones but perhaps she would all the same she would think about it they could easily find each other when he got outside he hesitated then he went into the neighbor's to see if levaque was ready there he found zacharie who was waiting for philomene and the levaque woman started again on that everlasting subject of marriage saying that she was being made fun of and that she would have an explanation with maheude once and for all was life worth living when one had to keep one's daughter's fatherless children while she went off with her lover philomene quietly finished putting on her bonnet and zacharie took her off saying that he was quite willing if his mother was willing as levaque had already gone maheu referred his angry neighbour to his wife and hastened to depart Baudelot, who was finishing a fragment of cheese with both elbows on the table obstinately refused the friendly offer of a glass he would stay in the house like a good husband gradually the settlement was emptied all the men went off one behind the other while the girls watching at the doors set out in the opposite direction on the arms of their lovers as her father turned the corner of the church catherine perceived chaval and hastening to join him they took together the monceau road and the mother remained alone in the midst of her scattered children without strength to leave her chair where she was pouring out a second glass of boiling coffee which she drank in little sips in the settlement there were only the women left inviting each other to finish the dregs of the coffee-pots around tables that were still warm and greasy with the dinner maheu had guessed that levaque was at the advantage and he slowly went down to rasseneur's in fact behind the bar in the little garden shut in by a hedge levaque was having a game of skittles with some mates standing by and not playing father bonnemont and old mouque were following the ball so absorbed that they even forgot to nudge each other with their elbows a burning sun struck down on them perpendicularly there was only one streak of shade by the side of the inn and etienne was there drinking his glass before a table annoyed because souverine had just left him to go up to his room nearly every sunday the engine man shut himself up to write or to read will you have a game asked levaque of maheu but he refused 
it was too hot he was already dying of thirst Rasseneur, called etienne bring a glass will you and turning towards Mayu, i'll stand it you know they now all treated each other familiarly Rasseneur did not hurry himself he had to be called three times and madame Rasseneur at last brought some lukewarm beer the young man had lowered his voice to complain about the house they were worthy people certainly people with good ideas but the beer was worthless and the soup abominable he would have changed his lodgings ten times over only the thought of the walk from the monceau held him back one day or another he would go and live with some family at the settlement sure enough said Mejo in his slow voice sure enough you would be better in a family but shouts now broke out levaque had overthrown all the skittles at one stroke Mok and bonnard with their faces towards the ground in the midst of the tumult preserved a silence of profound approbation and the joy at the stroke found vent in jokes especially when the players perceived moquette's radiant face behind the hedge she had been prowling about there for an hour and at last ventured to come near on hearing the laughter what are you alone shouted levaque where are your sweethearts my sweethearts i've stabled them she replied with a fine impudent gaiety i'm looking for one they all offered themselves throwing coarse chaff at her she refused with a gesture and laughed louder playing the fine lady besides her father was watching the game without even taking his eyes from the fallen skittles ah levaque went on throwing a look towards etienne one can tell where you're casting sheep's eyes my girl you'll have to take him by force then etienne brightened up it was in fact around him that the putter was revolving and he refused amused indeed but without having the least desire for her she remained planted behind the hedge for some minutes longer looking at him with large fixed eyes then she slowly went away and her face suddenly became serious as if she were overcome by the powerful sun in a low voice etienne was again giving long explanations to Mehu regarding the necessity for the monsoon miners to establish a provident fund since the company professes to leave us free he repeated what is there to fear we only have their pensions and they distribute them according to their own idea since they don't hold back any of our pay well it will be prudent to form outside their good pleasure an association of mutual help on which we can count at least in cases of immediate need and he gave details and discussed the organization promising to undertake the labor of it i am willing enough said Mehu, at last convinced but there are the others get them to make up their minds levaque had won and they left the scales to empty their glasses but Mehu refused to drink a second glass he would see later on the day was not yet done he was thinking about Perron. where could he be no doubt at the l'enfant estaminet and having persuaded etienne and levaque the three set out for monceau at the same moment that a new band took possession of the skittles at the advantage on the road they had to pause at the casimir bar and then at the estimant du progrès comrades called them through the open doors and there was no way of refusing each time it was a glass 
too if they were polite enough to return the invitation they remained there ten minutes exchanging a few words and then began again a little farther on knowing the beer with which they could fill themselves without any other discomfort than having to piss it out again at the same measure as clear as rock water at the estaminet l'enfant they came right upon Piron, who was finishing his second glass and who in order not to refuse to touch glasses swallowed a third they naturally drank theirs also now there were four of them and they set out to see if zacharie was not at the estaminet tisson it was empty and they called for a glass in order to wait for him a moment then they thought of the estaminet saint eloi and accepted there a round from captain richomme then they rambled from bar to bar without any pretext simply saying that they were having a stroll we must go to the volcan suddenly said the levaque who was getting excited the others began to laugh and hesitated then they accompanied their comrade in the midst of the growing crowd in the long narrow room of the volcan on a platform raised at the end five singers the scum of the lille prostitutes were walking about low-necked and with monstrous gestures and the customers gave ten sous when they desired to have one behind the stage there was especially a number of putters and landers even trammers of fourteen all the youth of the pit drinking more gin than beer a few old miners also ventured there and the worst husbands of the settlements those whose households were falling into ruin as soon as the band was seated round a little table etienne took possession of levaque to explain to him his idea of the provident fund like all new converts who have found a mission he had become an obstinate propagandist every member he repeated could easily pay in twenty sous a month as these twenty sous accumulated they would form a nice little sum in four or five years and when one has money one is ready eh for anything that turns up eh what do you say about it i've nothing to say against it replied levaque with an abstracted air we will talk about it he was excited by an enormous blonde and determined to remain behind when Mehu and perron after drinking their glasses set out without waiting for a second song outside etienne who had gone with them found moquette who seemed to be following them she was always there looking at him with her large fixed eyes laughing her good-natured laugh as if to say are you willing the young man joked and shrugged his shoulders then with a gesture of anger she was lost in the crowd where then is chaval asked perron true said Mayo. he must surely be at piquette's let us go to piquette's but as they all three arrived at the estaminet piquette sounds of a quarrel arrested them at the door zacharie with his fist was threatening a thick-set phlegmatic walloon nail-maker while chaval with his hands in his pockets was looking on hello there's chaval said maheu quietly he is with catherine for five long hours the putter and her lover had been walking about the fair all along the Montsou road that wide road with low bedaubed houses winding downhill a crowd of people wandered up and down in the sun like a trail of ants lost in the flat bare plain 
the eternal black mud had dried a black dust was rising and floating about like a storm cloud on both sides the public houses were crowded there were rows of tables to the street where stood a double rank of hucksters at stalls in the open air selling neck handkerchiefs and looking-glasses for the girls knives and caps for the lads to say nothing of sweetmeats sugar-plums and biscuits in front of the church archery was going on opposite the yards they were playing at bowls at the corner of the Oiselle road beside the administration buildings in a spot enclosed by fences crowds were watching a cock-fight two large red cocks armed with steel spurs their breasts torn and bleeding farther on at Magritte's, aprons and trousers were being won at billiards and there were long silences the crowd drank and stuffed itself without a sound a mute indigestion of beer and fried potatoes was expanding in the great heat still further increased by the frying-pan bubbling in the open air chaval bought a looking-glass for nineteen sous and a handkerchief for three francs to give to catherine at every turn they met Mouk and bonnemort who had come to the fair and in meditative mood were plodding heavily through it side by side another meeting made them angry they caught sight of jeanlin inciting bebert and lady to steal bottles of gin from an extemporized bar installed at the edge of an open piece of ground catherine succeeded in boxing her brother's ears the little girl had already run away with a bottle these imps of satan would certainly end in a prison then as they arrived before another bar the tete coupe it occurred to chaval to take his sweetheart in to a competition of chaffinches which had been announced on the door for the past week fifteen nail-makers from the marchiennes nail-works had responded to the appeal each with a dozen cages and the gloomy little cages in which the blinded finches sat motionless were already hung upon a paling in the inn-yard it was a question as to which in the course of an hour should repeat the phrase of its song the greatest number of times each nail-maker with a slate stood near his cages to mark watching his neighbors and watched by them and the chaffinches had begun the chichoyu with a deeper note the batisicoites with their shriller notes all at first timid and only risking a rare phrase then excited by each other's songs increasing the pace then at last carried away by such a rage of rivalry that they would even fall dead the nail-makers violently whipped them on with their voices shouting out to them in walloon to sing more still more yet a little more while the spectators about a hundred people stood by in mute fascination in the midst of this infernal music of a hundred and eighty chaffinches all repeating the same cadence out of time it was a batisicouic which gained the first prize a metal copy-pot catherine and chaval were there when zacharie and philomene entered they shook hands and all stayed together but suddenly zacharie became angry for he discovered that a nail-maker who had come in with his mates out of curiosity was pinching his sister's thigh she blushed and tried to make him be silent trembling at the idea that all these nail-makers would throw themselves on chaval and kill him if he objected to her being pinched she had felt the pinch but said nothing out of prudence 
her lover however merely made a grimace and as they all four now went out the affair seemed to be finished but hardly had they entered piquette's to drink a glass when the nail-maker reappeared making fun of them and coming close up to them with an air of provocation zachary insulted in his good family feelings threw himself on the insolent intruder that's my sister you swine just wait a bit and i'm damned if i don't make you respect her the two men were separated while chaval who was quite calm only repeated let be it's my concern i tell you i don't care a damn for him maheu now arrived with his party and quieted catherine and philomene who were in tears the nail-maker had disappeared and there was laughter in the crowd to bring the episode to an end chaval who was at home at the estaminet piquette called for drinks etienne had touched glasses with catherine and all drank together the father the daughter and her lover the son and his mistress saying politely to your good health piron afterwards persisted in paying for more drinks and they were all in good humour when zacharie grew wild again at the sight of his comrade moquette and called him as he said to go and finish his affair with the nail-maker i shall have to go and do for him here chaval keep philomene with catherine i'm coming back maheu offered drinks in his turn after all if the lad wished to avenge his sister it was not a bad example but as soon as she had seen moquet philomene felt at rest and nodded her head sure enough the two chaps would be off to the balkan on the evenings of feast days the fair was terminated in the ballroom of the bon joyeux it was a widow madame desert who kept this ballroom a fat matron of fifty as round as a tub but so fresh that she still had six lovers one for every day of the week she said and the six together for sunday she called all the miners her children and grew tender at the thought of the flood of beer which she had poured out for them during the last thirty years and she boasted also that a putter never became pregnant without having first stretched her legs at her establishment there were two rooms in the bon joyeux the bar which contained the counter and tables then communicating with it on the same floor by a large arch was the ballroom a large hall only planked in the middle being paved with bricks round the sides it was decorated with two garlands of paper flowers which crossed one another and were united in the middle by a crown of the same flowers while along the walls were rows of gilt shields bearing the names of saints saint Ilo, patron of the iron workers saint crispin patron of the shoemakers saint barbara patron of the miners the whole calendar of corporations the ceiling was so low that the three musicians on their platform which was about the size of a pulpit knocked their heads against it when it became dark four petroleum lamps were fastened to the four corners of the room on this sunday there was dancing from five o'clock with the full daylight through the windows but it was not until towards seven that the rooms began to fill outside a gale was rising blowing great black showers of dust which blinded people and sleeted into the frying-pans maheu etienne and piron having come in to sit down had found chaval at the bon joyeux dancing with catherine while philomene by herself was looking on 
neither levaque nor zacharie had reappeared as there were no benches around the ballroom catherine came after each dance to rest at her father's table they called philomene but she preferred to stand up the twilight was coming on the three musicians played furiously one could only see in the hall the movement of hips and breasts in the midst of a confusion of arms the appearance of the four lamps was greeted noisily and suddenly everything was lit up the red faces the dishevelled hair sticking to the skin the flying skirts spreading abroad the strong odour of perspiring couples maheu pointed out moquette to etienne she was as round and greasy as a bladder of lard revolving violently in the arms of a tall lean lander she had been obliged to console herself and take a man at last at eight o'clock maheude appeared with estelle at her breast followed by alzire henri and lenore she had come there straight to her husband without fear of missing him they could sup later on as yet nobody was hungry with their stomachs soaked in coffee and thickened with beer other women came in and they whispered together when they saw behind maheude the levaque woman enter with bouteloup who led in by the hand achille and desiree philomene's little ones the two neighbors seemed to be getting on well together one turning round to chat with the other on the way there had been a great explanation and maheude had resigned herself to zacharie's marriage in despair at the loss of her eldest son's wages but overcome by the thought that she could not hold it back any longer without injustice she was trying therefore to put a good face on it though with an anxious heart as a housekeeper who was asking herself how she could make both ends meet now that the best part of her purse was going place yourself there neighbor she said pointing to a table near that where maheu was drinking with etienne and pierron is not my husband with you asked the levaque woman the others told her that he would come soon they were all seated together in a heap but a loop and the youngsters so tightly squeezed among the drinkers that the two tables only formed one there was a call for drinks seeing her mother and her children philomene had decided to come near she accepted a chair and seemed pleased to hear that she was at last to be married then as they were looking for zacharie she replied in her soft voice i am waiting for him he is over there maheu had exchanged a look with his wife she had then consented he became serious and smoked in silence he also felt anxiety for the morrow in face of the ingratitude of these children who got married one by one leaving their parents in wretchedness the dancing still went on and the end of a quadrille drowned the ballroom in red dust the walls cracked a cornet produced shrill whistling sounds like a locomotive in distress and when the dancers stopped they were smoking like horses do you remember said the levaque woman bending towards maheude's ear you talked of strangling catherine if she did anything foolish chaval brought catherine back to the family table and both of them standing behind the father finished their glasses bah murmured maheude with an air of resignation one says things like that but what quiets me is that she will not have a child i feel sure of that you see if she is confined and obliged to marry what shall we do for a living then now the cornet was whistling a polka 
and as the deafening noise began again maheu in a low voice communicated an idea to his wife why should they not take a lodger etienne for example who was looking out for quarters they would have room since zacharie was going to leave them and the money that they would lose in that direction would be in part regained in the other maheude's face brightened certainly it was a good idea it must be arranged she seemed to be saved from starvation once more and her good humour returned so quickly that she ordered a new round of drinks etienne meanwhile was seeking to indoctrinate Perron, to whom he was explaining his plan of a provident fund he had made him promise to subscribe when he was imprudent enough to reveal his real aim and if we go out on strike you can see how useful that fund will be we can snap our fingers at the company we shall have there a fund to fight against them eh don't you think so Perron lowered his eyes and grew pale he stammered i think it over good conduct that's the best provident fund then maheu took possession of etienne and squarely like a good man proposed to take him as a lodger the young man accepted at once anxious to live in the settlement with the idea of being nearer to his mates the matter was settled in three words maheu declaring that they would wait for the marriage of the children just then zacharie at last came back with moquet and levaque the three brought in the odours of the volcan a breath of gin a musky acidity of ill-kept girls they were very tipsy and seemed well pleased with themselves digging their elbows into each other and grinning when he knew that he was at last to be married zacharie began to laugh so loudly that he choked philomene peacefully declared that she would rather see him laugh than cry as there were no more chairs bouteloup had moved so as to give up half of his to levaque and the latter suddenly much affected by realizing that the whole family party was there once more had beer served out by the lord we don't amuse ourselves so often he roared they remained there till ten o'clock women continued to arrive either to join or to take away their men bands of children followed in rows and the mothers no longer troubled themselves pulling out their long pale breasts like sacks of oats and smearing their chubby babies with milk while the little ones who were already able to walk gorged with beer and on all fours beneath the table relieved themselves without shame it was a rising sea of beer from madame Dessir's disemboweled barrels the beer enlarged every belly flowing from noses eyes and everywhere so puffed out was the crowd that everyone had a shoulder or knee poking into his neighbor all were cheerful and merry in thus feeling each other's elbows a continuous laugh kept their mouths open from ear to ear the heat was like an oven they were roasting and felt themselves at ease with glistening skin gilded in a thick smoke from the pipes the only discomfort was when one had to move away from time to time a girl rose went to the other end near the pump lifted her clothes and then came back beneath the garlands of painted paper the dancers could no longer see each other they perspired so much this encouraged the trammers to tumble the putters over catching them at random by the hips but where a girl tumbled with a man over her the cornet covered their fall with its furious music the swirl of feet wrapped them round as if the ball had collapsed upon them 
someone who was passing warned Perron that his daughter Lydie was sleeping at the door across the pavement she had drunk her share of the stolen bottle and was tipsy he had to carry her away in his arms while jeanlin and bebert who were more sober followed him behind thinking it a great joke this was the signal for departure and several families came out of the bon joyeux the Mehus and the levaques deciding to return to the settlement at the same moment father bonmort and old monk also left monceau walking in the same somnambulistic manner preserving the obstinate silence of their recollections and they all went back together passing for the last time through the fair where the frying-pans were coagulating and by the estaminets from which the last glasses were flowing in a stream towards the middle of the road the storm was still threatening and sounds of laughter arose as they left the lighted houses to lose themselves in the dark country around panting breaths arose from the ripe wheat many children must have been made on that night they arrived in confusion at the settlement neither the levaques nor the mathieus supped with appetite and the latter kept on dropping off to sleep while finishing their morning's boiled beef etienne had led away chaval for one more drink at rasseneur's i am with you said chaval when his mate had explained the matter of the provident fund put it there you're a fine fellow the beginning of drunkenness was flaming in etienne's eyes he exclaimed yes let's join hands as for me you know i would give up everything for the sake of justice both drink and girls there's only one thing that warms my heart and that is the thought that we are going to sweep away these bourgeois End of section thirteen